Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to launch your very own podcast show like this one? Don't have the time or patience to deal with all the techie stuff? No worries. My company, Geffen Media Group, provides a complete done-for-you podcast service. We will come up with a great name for your show, design your website and podcast artwork, record the intro and outro, send you the equipment, find you great guests, edit and publish every episode, submit to iTunes and major podcast platforms, and promote your show to our network. So all you have to do is hit record and we do the rest. Your voice needs to be heard. So head over to geffenmediagroup.com. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 131 of Can I Pick Your Brain? My guest today has made a small fortune while saving lives by making soap. Yes, you heard that right. David Simnick made the first batch of soap in his college apartment kitchen. Eight years later, his products are in retailers across the nation, including major chains like Whole Foods, Target, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, to name a few. And nearly three million donations have been made. Soapbox Soaps is an all-natural personal care company that donates a bar of soap to those in need around the world for every item sold. Now, as always, to help introduce my guest, I've put together a short rap. Here goes. Some people are dying and can't cope. The answer is as simple as soap. This entrepreneur did something dope. He gave them hope, made a difference for people on a slippery slope, saving millions of lives. That's how he thrives. Business ain't just about the acquisition. It's all about the mission. You can make an impact no matter your position, whether you're a baker or beautician, sales guy or technician. It comes down to your ambition. So without further ado, I welcome to you the soapbox slick healer of the sick. He's the one and only David Simnick. David, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Uh, that is the single greatest thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh uh. my. Well, so anyone, anyone who's listening to this, uh, Daniel, like in the, in the pre-call before we started this, was like, hey, so I'm going to do this intro. And I just, I want you to like react earnestly to it. <laughs> this is, that, wow. Okay. All right. That's amazing. Uh, can we use that? Can yeah. Can like. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. That, yeah. I actually I put some um, hip hop background music to it when I when I published the show. So I'll send you the clip with the hip hop music in the background. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. Yep, yes to all the above. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm I'm really excited, and I want to let the audience know that um, the reason I reached out to to David is I stumbled upon a, a TED talk that, that you did, right? And it just really hit me. Like, I think I was actually tearing uh, during the talk because, you know, I've interviewed a lot of uh, very, very successful businesses, uh, business owners, I should say, you know, billionaires, multimillionaires, um, New York Times bestselling authors. Uh, and with you, I just felt like, you know, you put, you just wanted to make an impact on the world that you really genuinely wanted to help save lives and help people. Um, and I was so touched by your story. Um, and it's interesting because before we got on, we were talking about how people say, you know, it's, you know, don't take it personal, it's just business. And, 
you know, I agree with you, David, when you say that, what do you mean? Like, this is my baby. How can you say that? I take this very personal. Um, and I and I agree with you 100%. Um, so, but before we get into like why you got into soap, like why specifically, why soap? Because that's interesting. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? What were you like growing up as a kid? Oh man, what was I like growing up? Um, I'd, I'd say the easiest way to, to typecast that is like Boy Scout. Hmm. Um, I was in Boy Scouts. I loved Boy Scouts. I didn't care that they were viewed as nerds. Like that's just who I was. I liked going on campouts. I liked I liked learning how to uh, do first aid, how to do wilderness survival, how to uh, you know master sailing, how to um, how to just be a better person. Mm. Uh, what what does it mean to live an ethical life, and what does it mean to live by the Scout Law, which is um, a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Wow. And I think, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, like, I, I think, you know, if there's an ethical, like, code that you want to live by, that that doesn't, I don't know if it covers everything, but it covers mm. a lot. And I, and honestly, like, to, to take it a step even further, I'm like, and I know this is kind of a non sequitur, um, I'm, I'm really proud of what uh, the scouting organization in the United States has done over the past couple years. And allowing young girls to be a part of the same amazing experience that I had while growing up and allowing uh, adult leaders and, and young boys who uh, are a part of the LBGTQ um, community to be a part of it. Like it's, it's just, it's awesome. And I'm, mm. and I'm really proud of it. And I'm really proud to, to be a member of that organization. And uh, it did and has continued to shape the person who I am today. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm definitely, definitely not like a, you know, a, a, a perfect, uh, you know, moral compass, but I, I really try to nobody embody is. those, <laughs> nobody those, those is. values. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nobody is? No. No, nobody <laughs> is. You find me that person and, uh, yeah. Newsflash. Yeah. yeah um, Newsflash. So anyways, yeah, that's, I think, to, to, put it, to put it lightly and to, like, sum it up in a, in a couple words, that's who I was when I was growing up. How did your parents play a part in it? Uh, I... So Warren Buffett says this, uh, and I, I think he said it best. Um, I won the ovarian lottery. The ovarian lottery. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> Why? Why do you say that? My uh, my parents encouraged everything. Uh, they, I wanted to run a small candy stand. They were like, "Let's do it. Let's go out and <laughs> buy a used cash register." Oh, um, that's cute. I wanted to start a local newspaper for my like the coldest, the kind of like the the area that we lived in in the suburb outside mm-hmm. of Chicago that I grew up in. And, and they were like, okay, let's do it. Um, and allowing me to go and explore all these entrepreneurial ideas uh, and to fail. I think that was the other thing is my parents were not afraid to allow me to fail mm-hmm. um, and to really scrape my knees. Ironically, my mom was a nurse, uh, so like when everyone in the neighborhood scraped their knees, uh, right. she would she would take care of them. And I think I think ultimately, something I never really, I guess I may have taken for granted, but something I've definitely heard a lot more as I grow up is that people will go out of their way to tell me they're like, "You have some of the nicest parents. Like you have really mm-hmm. good parents." Um, and I think I think that that's a travesty that not everyone is able to have the childhood that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not okay. Now my parents aren't perfect, but they're, they're pretty damn close. Right. Like they're amazing people. And 
I think I learned a lot of a lot of failure uh, in terms of like they didn't put me through a hardship, but they allowed me to go through some hardship that I had to face growing up uh, with support. And and I think the biggest lessons I learned that continue to stick with me today, especially while being an entrepreneur in such a competitive space, which is you know personal mm. care. Yeah, um, very. You know, there's these little companies called PNG and Unilever and Colgate <laughs> Palmolive. You know, little little yeah. little. We're all small companies trying to, to eke out a living. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I ultimately I, I think it really comes down to like one of the one of the traits that I see, and I know we're going all over the place, but I love that it. No, introduction I, love it. I think just like sped me through this. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of like if your listeners listen to this on the way to work, they're like, look, I, I, I just want to get the most I want to get the most marrow out of this podcast mm-hmm. or interview that I possibly can. So 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 here you go. The, the trait that I see in most entrepreneurs that make it is resilience. And I think the biggest thing that I have to thank my parents for is like teaching this concept that uh, as trite and as like, you know, Batman begins as this sounds, once you mm. fall, you pick yourself up. It's so interesting because it, it's so true. Resilience is really the key. You know, you see so many people nowadays that they they give up if like the internet's too weak and they can't get a good connection. <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, I guess I have to finish for the day and I go home. You're like, come on, dude, seriously. Like, seriously. It's it's a joke. It, it really is. It's, it's uh, and I say this because I, you know, uh, David, it's so important. And, and, and I think that there's a huge takeaway here um, because you, you look at your parents as your anchor, right? That was your foundation. Um, not everybody listening to this can say the same about their parents, unfortunately. Uh, but there's always someone in your life. There's there's somebody who you can anchor to. Um, I had I had great parents, but for me, my anchor is my grandfather, my father's father, who uh, essentially survived the Holocaust. He was in 18 concentration camps, three death rows. He watched his parents and his siblings shot uh, dead. Um, he was also shot, but and buried alive and actually climbed out. Oh my. Um, An absolutely crazy, crazy story. My grandfather is a walking, he was, he passed away 2013, but he was a walking miracle. And the thing that keeps me going is when I think about him, when he came out of the the camps, when he got liberated, uh, he, when I say he had nothing, like I really mean nothing. Like nothing. He didn't have anybody to go to. He didn't have a penny to his name. He didn't have. He didn't speak the language of the country that he was. That he that he escaped to. I mean, nothing. Like literally nothing. But the the clothes on his back and the clothes on his back was obviously like ripped apart. And yet he built himself up. He built himself up. He 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 got married. He had children, grandchildren. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be alive today. He built a hotel and uh, essentially gave away eighty percent of his money. He had uh, he was he, he became a multimillionaire uh, through stocks, and uh, and he gave away eighty percent of it. He lived in the same small little apartment his whole life. Uh, didn't drive a car, um, and so when I listen to entrepreneurs complain about well, you know this, and well, you know I had it hard because of this. It's just, uh, it, it, come on, like, really? Like, seriously, really? Anyway, um, are your parents still alive today, by the way? They are. They must be so proud. I mean, seriously, they like seeing what you've accomplished. No, really, like, it's, 
It's amazing. Uh, it, it really no, is. First off, Daniel, I think you're putting me on a pedestal. Uh, one, uh, and, and, and hey, I, you know, and I appreciate it. No, um, <laughs> the first off, it's a team. Uh, our, I have a, a phenomenal team. I have a phenomenal co-founder. Uh, every day I'm inspired even more to put in uh, just that much more effort to, to make this mission a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not smoke. And that's not, that's not fluff. That's the real. Uh, mm-hmm. Our team has a lot of experienced people who are so much better at other things than I am. And it, it's, a really, it's a really good compliment. Um, to a lot of people's strengths. And I think that's mm-hmm. another thing that uh, smart entrepreneurs are incredibly self-aware. Yeah. And they know how they know how to find people in their team that balance out their weaknesses with uh, you know, that team member's strengths. What are your strengths um, and, and weaknesses, I, David? Oh uh, <laughs> I don't know. I could uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I, you know, honestly I'd I'd say that um my mom and my dad both uh, had a lot of EQ. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a lot of empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still get that wrong from time to time. I misread situations. Uh, I, I, I would say that um, I really believe in what we're doing and that passion shows. Uh, mm-hmm. So whether that is on the sales side or with our shareholders or... Uh, you know, believing in, in where we're going and what we're doing and why that has a purpose, um, fueling that fire of our people. I think that's, I think if you could, if you could give me a title, it's like Stoker of the Flame. <laughs> Stoker of <laughs> that's the it. Flame. Yeah. And then you just need, you yeah. just need people then to like fuel the flame and keep the flame safe so it's not burning houses down and people and, right? That's kind of. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I guess it can go that way. So, no, no. Hopefully, thankfully, the house won't burn down. Uh, and it hasn't for about eight years. So, we, we look for <laughs> uh, many, many more decades to come of, of building something that a- amen really is to meaningful. That. Amen to that. So take us back to that moment when you decided to make soap, because that that nah. must be. In, I mean, so, so, like that must be interesting. Like, oh, well, I, I, yeah. Let me think of how do I make money. Like, what should I do? Oh, I'll make some soap. Like, there's got to be a good story there. Yeah. Um, so first off, it it, it sounds crazy, mm-hmm. uh, but I think a lot of it. Um, I think a lot of it is how 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 do we solve this issue of water sanitation and hygiene and specifically on hygiene mm-hmm. that was the original that was the original impetus for soapbox so a lot of people ask us did you start a personal care company and then you saw this cool like csr marketing angle or was mm-hmm. it really about the mission all along and then yeah. you figured out how to run a personal care company and it definitely was the latter I think if we, I think if we knew how to run a personal care company, we would have decided early on that it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> right, so true. It's been like, so we're gonna go in one of the most uninteresting yeah. uh, categories that has a gazillion competitors across yeah. um, a variety of different, uh, a variety of different industries. Um, so your mission, you know, your I, mission essentially is 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 what kind of pulled you through, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which it's is something huge. greater than it's greater than us. And I think the other thing is that so one of our so I'll I'll tell you the story and then I'll tell you one of the things that, that mm-hmm. really means a lot to me in, in building soapbox. Starts back in 2010. I was a subcontractor for the United States Agency for International Development. I wanted to change the way that we were doing 
uh, specifically the hygiene of wash projects. So anyone who is familiar with international development knows of um, with a wash acronym, it's used for a variety of different um, uh, hygiene, sanitation, or water implementation projects. And I just felt back in 2009, 2010, that there really wasn't a lot of focus on hygiene. Water was uh, the big focus. Sanitation really was being championed by like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation um, in terms of defecation uh, and how close it is to food prep or uh, other types of hygiene. And I just felt like soap really wasn't being talked about. So I called up my best friend. He was a former Eagle Scout in Boy Scouts. You probably know a singing trend. And Eric and I were like, we've always talked about doing something big together. We always talked about starting something together. So I said, hey, I got it. We're going to start a soap company. And he was like, I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> so I called uh, a couple friends. And I was like, you know how to make soap? And they're like, are you starting a fight club? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. It's about the kids. They're like, that's sick, man. Like, you're going to get kids to fight. I'm like, no. <laughs> we're going to... So um, <laughs> after all that happens, uh, mm. we uh, we went out. We bought you know like a a big uh, metal uh, vat. We bought um, all the ingredients to make soap, and I started making recipes on my stovetop. How did you know how to make soap? I, I don't even know I, the first thing. How do you make soap? Google. You googled it. <laughs> how to yeah, make soap? Google. Right. Yeah, it's easy. Absolutely. Enough. Just googled it. There was right. no honestly, like really, Brilliant. we had no idea. Wow. Uh, people often are like, did you have a chemistry background? Like, was there, you know, did you have some type of skin allergy? And it was always like, no, it's about the mission. And you it's didn't like, think, hold on, you didn't think to maybe just like call up a big company who already was producing soap and just say, hey, why don't we ship this amount of soap to, you know, these countries, third world countries that need, that need, you know, help with hygiene? Why didn't you go that route? I thought that it's funny. Your, your question actually leads beautifully into one of the things that excites me most about Soapbox. One of our early investors looked at me once and said, "Why don't you just get filthy rich and then donate all your money to charity?" Mm, it's a good question. That yeah. that would lead to a bigger impact. Why don't you do yeah. that? And I said, "Well, arguably, I don't know if that would lead to a bigger impact. Like if Soapbox, uh, as it is on trajectory now, to become you know the next method or the next." some generation or Shea Moisture, uh, and then eventually graduate up to the next Dove or the next wow. Pantene or Tresemme. Yeah. Like, that's the objective. And the objective here is that we are a conduit. We produce an amazing natural product that is accessible in price point. So we're free from parabens, we're free from phylates, we're free from EDTA, we're free from silicone and dyes, and we're certified by PETA as being vegan and cruelty-free, like we care about mm -hmm. the ingredients that we put into our products and, and more importantly about the things that we leave out. And, you know, putting in shea butter and jojoba oil and aloe uh, vera and a variety of other different exotic ingredients in order to make sure that it's moisturizing your skin and nourishing your hair, like those mm -hmm. things matter. Yes, you have to win at product. Any type of social mission brand out there is going to fail unless the product is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So all that being said, we are a conduit, Soapbox is a conduit that empowers people to be their own philanthropists. That's cool. That is that in itself, allowing person A who is shopping at Target or Rite Aid or Walgreens or Safeway or Vitamin Shop or 
Kroger banners or wherever it might be, right? Notice the commercial plug there. Sorry, listeners. Yes, yes. Uh, anywhere, <laughs> any of our fine retail partners, <laughs> any, <laughs> any place where they're shopping or our website or Amazon, I'll stop. Point is, <laughs> any place where people are shopping, if they choose to buy a soapbox, which is at the same price and better quality than competitors, then they, in that purchase, are helping person B, which might be in a local homeless shelter or food pantry right down their street, Mm-hmm. Or it might be in any of the 65 countries that we have the pleasure and ser- like of serving in 65 countries around the world. That's cool. That's wow. cool. And and I looked at the I looked at our the investor early on. This is about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I said the point is not for me to be the philanthropist. The point is to allow anyone who can afford you know a 3.99 liquid hand soap or a 4.49 or 4.99 liquid hand soap, depending on where it's sold, mm-hmm. to be a part of that mission. That's cool. How how can you uh, compete with let's say Dove and Palmolive and when if you're giving away every item that's bought you're giving away a free bar of soap I mean isn't that severely cutting your profits I mean there's probably very small margins anyway no it is uh, so it's it's not on a margin to begin with um, but we're very public about this and we want to make sure that you know our consumers and the public at large know you know how we're able to afford this and that Mm is um it's also a lot more sustainable development we don't ship from the states when we work internationally Mm -hmm. Uh, let's say daniel you're a soap maker in uh, the northern regions uh, of mumbai okay so specifically we work with an amazing organization called sandara sandara works in a village called ashte uh, they train local women to go out and recycle bars of soap that are used at major hotel chains that otherwise would have gone in the landfill. When you steam a bar of soap, it actually cleans itself. So the CDC and the World Health Organization have both come and tested this out, and they said that this is actually retail grade after you do this. So uh, steam the bar of soap, reformulate the soap. So we basically uh, we melt it all down, we reformulate it into four, five, six uh, three, depending on the, uh, the community that we're serving ounce bars. And then those women are paid three times, uh, the local, uh, salary in order to go out in the neighborhood and be hygiene ambassadors. Hmm. And that is just, that is just that one region of Ashte with our NGO partner, Sundara. Uh, so we have a variety of those type of partnerships across the world of mm-hmm. which we have the pleasure of serving. Uh, but the, the cost in order to produce one of those bars of soap is very is, is yeah it's right. it's it's in local currency it's mm-hmm. yeah. uh we're not shipping you know across the world Correct. the other aspect is and i was starting to go this direction before is like let's say you're that local soap maker who's running a market mm-hmm. uh like a bodega or like a you know convenience store or let's say that you yourself actually own a small soap making operation or like a detergent uh mm-hmm. operation the last thing that you want is me like popping out of nowhere with like 60,000 bars of soap right. and then flooding your community and teaching right. the community at large that like, hey, don't buy from Daniel, local maker mm-hmm. or local seller. Wait till someone like me, Comes a along, white guy, gives it shows up. And, right, exactly, mm. exactly. So, and that's not so smart sensitive. development. Right, very sensitive. It's so interesting. How did you, I, mean, I want to go back to <laughs> you making the soap because it's like it's crazy how you ended up getting in whole foods and target and all the massive retailers um from just having this idea and you're going up against all these massive companies these giants can we can you sort of 
give us the brief talk us through the transition how you went from just making it on your own in your you know college kitchen to then getting into whole foods man yeah um, it's i know it's a it's a big question but it's no it's a funny you know. one so <laughs> literally uh begging calling emailing hounding really showing up unannounced harassing <laughs> that's really <laughs> sitting in the lobby until we got in that's Are you it. serious really that's i'm not kidding that's we annoyed the regional buyer for whole foods so much um that eventually she was just like please leave me alone <laughs> no way um, yeah no joke how no many joke. times would you say you reached out to her roughly we had no idea what we were doing daniel no <laughs> none not and i think honestly like any listener out there that's just like i don't know the first thing about starting this company like mm -hmm. please let us be a testament of a not how to do it but b also that you can do it mm. i mean we're sold at sixty thousand uh, points of distribution across the united states and we started with me making soap kid you not in my kitchen it's crazy it's really wild now, like we still have a long way to go like we found out uh, a couple months ago that the big boys are, are monitoring us and they're starting to bid against us in advertising. Oh, no. Like, so, yeah, I mean, hey, that's both mm -hmm. a compliment and also like, you know, a very sobering moment. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. And I think ultimately, and, and here's, a, here's another thing, like for any listener out there who wants to go and create their own company um, that has a social mission, like, please heed these words, like, please, please, please. <laughs> the product itself has to be excellent. And first and foremost, you have to communicate to the customer why that product is superior. It has to work on design. It has to work on price point. It has to work on efficacy. It has to work on communication, like on all of those things that matter to her or him, like you have to win there first. Do not think because of your mission or because of your social whatever mm -hmm. that you're going to be able to take market share from other people who are selling and competing in that channel because you have a mission and they don't. That is not true. Mm, and I, I think that's that. one of the biggest lessons that we learned here at Soapbox because we used to scream the mission, the mission, the mission, even on, yeah. our, even on our packaging, right? It used to be like, you should buy the shampoo because it donates a bar of soap. And, you know, oh, by the way, it also has all these great things that are going to help nourish and and protect your hair. Like that's, yeah, that, you know what? that's it's not so, interesting. You know what? It's so it's so true. And I see it now because of Tom's, right? We all know that, you know, Tom's, they did really well with the shoes because it was one for one, right? And it was such a great mission and everyone loved it and it was new and fresh. And the problem that happened, and this is this is this happens in sort of every industry. You see that with Facebook marketers and business coaches, right? Where every no, no pun intended, but every Tom, Dick, and Harry, right? And Susie, yeah, uh, yeah Tom, comes along and says, ooh, I know, I'll sell shavers and give shavers, you know, one shaver to every, you know, uh, you know, African. Like, like do, that, do you think that that's going to now suddenly, oh, okay, now watch out Phillips and watch out all the other shavers out there because now we've got, you know, uh, Jupiter Shavers who gives one shaver for every... You, you can't like these copycats that come along and think that just because they've got... And the thing is as well is that a lot of people come and say, I'm going to do this as a marketing play, meaning I'm, gonna, I'm going to, you know, kind of play the game, right? We're going to be mission driven, but really, like really we care about the bottom line. We don't really care about the mission. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. So, you know, it... I think it 
Yeah. I, I think the other thing, Oh, go ahead, Daniel. I'm sorry. No, 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 you, you go. I think the, I think the other thing that really has blown me away is that people, especially a lot of marketers out there, uh, of which I'm one of them believed mm-hmm. in group think. There's a lot of people out there who are like charitable missions win, uh, and, and, you know, cause, cause driven businesses win. And that is true. Like statistically mm-hmm. speaking, like that is very true. Like purpose driven businesses outperform, uh, non-purpose driven or not overtly like purpose driven businesses uh, and at a very aggressive rate. I forget the statistic that I heard like a couple weeks ago. Roughly, um, give, give me the rough estimate, rough purpose driven businesses. It's, it's, man, it's like, uh, so it's it's around three fourths in a sense of like if you look at double digit growth compared to not double digit growth, mm-hmm. uh, purpose driven business brands uh, as defined as stewardship towards the environment, you know, caring about the community, kind of like what what identifies a benefit corporation mm-hmm. um, that they have substantially higher economic performance and uh, and dividends and returns. And I think here's why. I think consumers are changing. I think consumers care about where they spend their dollar. I think it's almost turned into a democratic way of looking at, I want to spend my money mm-hmm. with companies that care about the things that I care about. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that companies should speak their mind. I think companies should have a point of view. Um, we see this in Starbucks all the time. Like Howard Schultz, uh, when he was at the helm, and, and he's still very influential at Starbucks, and even in the most recent like controversy that happened a couple days ago with uh, up in Philadelphia with uh, the two gentlemen, you know, being uh, escorted out by the police, like Starbucks has a very strong point of view, and certain people don't like to shop there because mm. they have more of a liberal slant. Uh, but it's also really reaffirming to a lot of people who believe in those type of values. So right. I think, like, same thing with Patagonia, right? Patagonia has a very stated point of view on how the world should run. Well, I think a lot and of business I think a lot of business owners are scared to to share their political point of views or their their point of views in general because they're worried to lose market share. They're worried that they're going to you know, they're going to put off certain potential clients and the way that I see it is if you don't if you don't stand for what you believe in, two things. Number one is it's like business, like I said earlier, business is not separate to your personal, like at least for me, right? For me, my business is part of who I am. It's part of why I do what I do, what I do. And and, and, and I see it as, as an extension of, of me. And when you separate the two, you, you're really losing out because then people don't see the authenticity in the business. They just see a business. People don't buy from brands anymore they're buying from people they're buying from from purpose like what is this brand what's their story why do why do brands tell stories now it's because they've realized that people buy into stories they don't buy into products that's what the differentiator factor with most companies right and the second reason is if you don't stand up for what you believe in you're not going to attract a loyal following like yeah you'll get clients but they're never they're not going to be like die hard like i'm sure you're like the people who follow you and your company right the people who buy your products soapbox soap products i'm sure they're like die hard they love it 
they're like it's part of their life right they share it with their community they talk about it with their friends they you're not going to get that if you're vanilla if you're in the middle you're not going to get that right yeah no i would i would say you're absolutely right like i think what it, what it really comes down to is like do people believe like do do people believe in do people believe that you're authentic do people believe that your message is a is a story that matters and that that people can connect to and that people uh want to want to help that brand help identify who they are Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the big things right like how how can a brand identify help someone identify who they are and what they care about and what is important to them right and if you can do that as a brand especially as like you know apparel brands like you know tom's was so overtly charitable um, and that was one of their their big things that they really but also a lot of people forget that they brought that type of argentine shoe to the market mm-hmm. like they really were the first person that really commercialized that and um i don't know i don't have the exact statistics on this but the shoe that i see the most uh out in the market that people are wearing by toms is still that shoe yeah like so there still was innovation that was brought but it's the overall package of people wore toms because people wanted to send a signal to other people that they care that they're a good person it's the mm-hmm. same reason why someone wears like a Louis i donated Tom. blood or i voted today sticker oh. it's it's a duty you know <laughs> I was going the oh, opposite where, where direction. Where were you going? <laughs> I, was, I was going the complete opposite direction. I was saying the same reason why people wear a Louis Vuitton uh, purse or bag, whatever it is. It's it's status symbol, right? Look at me. I totally. I, I can afford this. So it's it's interesting, the, the, the difference, right? Some people want to show you the part of them that kind of cares about humanity and cares about impacting the world. And then there's another part of us, and it's we're human. It's it's part of being human. It's look, look, look what I can afford. You know, I, I can afford this. I, I have a Louis Vuitton, you know, um, it's interesting. I want to go back to sort of, you were talking about how you need to communicate because it's not enough to just say, Hey, we have a mission, you know, we're giving 10% of charity to, you know, pencils for promise or whatever. We, we, you, you have to communicate deeper than that. How do you do that? Because I noticed that, some of your videos went really viral. You, you, you had like millions of hits. How do you communicate? Have you, what can you give, give our listeners in terms of what you've taken from creating content and creating videos that have gone viral? Hmm. Uh, honestly, I don't think we've done it yet. Really? Yeah. That's very honest. It's very honest of you. But I mean, you say that and most people can't get, I mean, I can't get more than, you know, a hundred hits on a video. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I get like, wow, I got like 102 hits on this video. So, you know, what, I mean, what's got you to where you are now? I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is it's resilience. It's refusing, it's refusing to give up. And but I'm, and I'm allowing- talking specifically in terms of creating the content. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we can, we can definitely go the way that, the way that I usually view, uh, these type of conversations is there's like vision, which is like mm-hmm. the 10,000 foot level There's yeah. strategy, which is the 1000 foot level. And then there's tactics, which is like the 10 foot or the ground level. So let's totally zoom in on tactics. Mm-hmm. 
create content that is compelling. Don't think about yourself. Think about the customer. What does the customer want? Mm-hmm. What can you do to really help her or him? Like what, what will bring value into their life? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's that, you know, there's call to action to that. There's really strong, um, yeah, there's, there's just, you gotta, you gotta add value. Think it's not. And I think a lot of times, um, early entrepreneurs who are starting to venture into advertising are thinking about how they can increase their sales or sell more product or build their business and take the viewpoint of like, how can you give, how can you give, how can you help them solve a problem that they want? Mm-hmm. And I think for us, what's been so surprising is because we're really the only, we're the biggest by far mission driven personal care company in the sector. Um, it is how can we help achieve something that that buyer wants? So for, for when I say buyer, I mean the gatekeeper at target, the buyer, the head buyer at Walmart, the head buyer at Walgreens, you know, what, what do they care about? And what they care about is day in and day out, they have these huge multi multi you know, billion dollar conglomerates coming to them, arguing over a quarter quarter of a half a point in percentage mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And you know, we come along and say, if you work with us, if you sell our products on your shelves, we together can donate millions of bars of soap. And that's wow. very compelling and different, and that cuts through the noise. So we have to think about our customer is uh, is twofold. There's a gatekeeper at these major retailers that we have the pleasure of working with. And then there's the end consumer, which she wants the best designed product. She wants a natural product that's affordable, that is beautifully designed, that smells amazing, that will mm-hmm. moisturize her skin, that will help her tame her frizziness and or you know really take care of her dry hair or control and clarify that oily scalp you know whatever it might be like the idea is that there are people who are coming to soapbox to solve a problem mm-hmm. uh and that that is what we have to guarantee first and foremost we have to deliver on mm-hmm. what she he is looking for and then on on the bigger picture is uh if we can inspire them if we can build that brand loyalty if we right. can get them to come on the mission with us by putting in a hope code which on the back of each one of our items is this unique identifying number where someone can go to a website, put it in and see exactly where their one-for-one went. And we were really excited to be one wow. of the first one-for-one companies to bring that innovation to the market. That's but incredible. But to, to go back to like your tactical question, create mm-hmm. content that is uh, focused first and foremost on the user. Mm. What do they want and how are you making their lives better? Love it. So... When was the first time that you actually saw what impact you had through your company? Like when you traveled to, you know, a third world country and you actually saw your product, well, the one-for-one product being used and and how it affected them. Can you describe that? Yeah. uh, So I didn't have to travel far. I literally Mm -hmm. just had to travel down the street. Oh, Um, really? (laughs) And it's because 50% of our donations stay within the United States and 50% go outside. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, but specifically, uh, was working with one of our, our homeless shelter partners, uh, called thrive DC, uh, back in 2012 and seeing the joy. And I think seeing something that, that really kind of blew us away, uh, seeing the dignity, like, like soap 
and cleanliness can bring dignity mm-hmm. and restore that for someone. That's huge. Wow. We didn't know That's that. Incredible. Getting into this, we, we were focused internationally and we kept on getting, we still, to this day, we get about three to four inbounds every week from a new charity partner that found out about us. And, you know, maybe someone's listening to this podcast and they go, Hey, I, you know, I know of a charity that needs soap. Mm-hmm. And we encourage all of, you know, everyone to email us. We just need to increase our sales. Right. Thankfully we're, we're, you know, we're, we're a lot bigger than where we were when we started in my kitchen, but we still have <laughs> so much farther to go because the need is tremendous. Mm. Like I, I did not know starting out that, the, the power I knew the statistics, but I, I hadn't been, I hadn't been to all the places that we have been in, uh, that I've traveled to, um, and seen just what clean hands can do and the joy. And I think that's the other thing is that we're, we're so soapbox. We don't want to talk about death and we don't want to talk about guilt and we don't want to talk. We don't want to show pictures of children in mud puddles uh, splashing around with flies flying around their face. That's mm. not fun. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it, and, and more importantly, it's not just fun. Like pfft, what a trivial <laughs> word. Right. But like, it's not like, it's not, it's not, if you aim to serve someone, if you genuinely are there to serve someone, mm-hmm. you don't depict them in a manner of which they would not want to be represented. That's very interesting. Like what child wants to grow up like in any of the countries that we have the honor, we have the privilege of serving and come to the United States and see like them post like plastered on a a poster or a banner Mm. or like a billboard of like them in a mud puddle looking their worst. (laughs) I don't think think anyone would want someone to like come into their house, wake them up, snap a picture of them like disheveled right out of bed (laughs) and then be like, save the Daniel foundation. (laughs) Right. And like all of a sudden you like go to another country and you see those posters everywhere. And they're like, text five, five, four, three in order to get Daniel a hair, like a haircut. And you're like, what the, you know, it's so, it's so interesting. You say that because before this, before we got on this, um, podcast, I, I looked at your company, uh, webpage and I saw uh, some of the videos. And one of the videos was about this little kid who was really cute, you know, but he was just like, you know, regular American kid, just having fun, like enjoying himself. He got a little bit muddy and he's just talking about how, you know, he can't wait to, to use your the soap and my mommy's going to get me all nice and clean. And it's like fun and it's adventurous and it's cute, you know, and it's funny. And I was sitting there thinking, this is really cool, but I didn't expect this. I expected, you know somewhere in the middle of africa this like kid that's like literally dying and and you know looks like he's gonna you know and suddenly he's got some soap and he's cleaning himself up so it's interesting that you bring that up because i really thought you would go that route right like because you want to hit the emotions hard but it's so true like at the end of the day who wants to it, it it sounds insensitive to say it, but I don't know. It, that doesn't really do it. I think the cute kid just having fun and being adventurous, and then you know using your product to smell nice and feel good is is more powerful in a way. It's weird, right? Yeah, I, I, I totally feel that. I um, it was it was one of the biggest things we're really careful about. We wanted to make sure that we. 
we sh- child who who looked like anyone like you know like I, I don't know I just don't I'm so I want to do this right and the rest of our team members here want to do this right and we want to we want to put ourselves in every person that we have the honor of serving shoes mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times good intentions and there's tons of literature about this and like Paul Farmer and just there are a, a bunch of brilliant minds about how sometimes our best efforts actually do more harm than good when we look at international development. So, you know, the first, the first principle is like, do no harm, like do, do good things. Think thoughtfully about, uh, how we want to approach both the mission as well as our consumers and how we want to tell this story, because we also don't want to perpetuate this idea that like people live in mud huts Mm-hmm. Of which some people do. And honestly, having slept in one, they're a heck of a lot cooler in terms of temperature. <laughs> Seriously, it's they're a far better creation. Um, and you get so much of a better, like you get a much mm. better uh, like night of rest than really? when you're in like the Western built lean-to. Wow. It's just awful. Yeah. So anyways, point is, like I think that our mission and how we depict that mission and how we have the honor to serve our NGO partners as they serve, uh, you know, the ultimate people, which we, 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 we wish to empower. Uh, it, it's, it's about having a sense of dignity, listening first. Uh, they will often know exactly how to solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are just there as a way to accelerate that. And I think that's really the mentality. To the, someone listening to this that is really sold on the idea that the mission should come first, right? The mission should come before the money. How, what would be your advice to them to find that mission? How do you know what's, what's your mission? I mean, you, for you, it was soap because, you know, I guess you were kind of, fate kind of put you in that situation where you sort of saw a gap in, in the market, so to speak, again, you know, obviously, how does one how does one find what what their mission is what they should be you know what their purpose is so to answer your question for mm-hmm. any of your listeners that are trying to find a way in which to take on uh, either a mission and or they already have a mission and they want to find some way in which to 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 move the cause forward Mm-hmm. I'd say that if you're looking to have a for-profit engine propelling that mission forward, find something that, find a product, a service, uh, an application that is genuinely disruptive. Find something that is unique and different and special, and that should be your lead horse. And the mission to the consumer is a cherry on top and is not the reason why they're going to buy it. That mm. is not the purpose. It's so, it's like, so counterintuitive. I love it. I know. Right. It's <laughs> so, it's so but counterintuitive, you, but you got to run a business like a business. You have to run a business like a business and you have to think about your consumers as like, why are they there to buy? 
and they're there to buy Soapbox products because they're the best. In a field full of shampoo, in you know, in shelves <laughs> and shelves of body wash, you have to be the best product. Now, with that being said, like the reasons why you do it, the reasons why you propel, the reasons why you create your your for you know for purpose company, that can be about the mission. But if you really want to see that explosion in terms of growth, it has to be about the product, the service, the offering, the application, whatever it might be. Like that is like that's the start. The start really is like, okay, so how how does this matter to them and why should they care? It's and so mission, interesting. Oh, go ahead. Now I was gonna say, because I'm I'm actually reading Richard Branson's book. Uh which one is it? It's uh uh goodness. Um Strip a business bear. What's it? A business stripped bear. Um, and I've read his losing losing my virginity book. And what I noticed with Richard is all of his companies and all of his businesses, he just wants to be the best. Like he wants to serve his clients better than anyone else. And you see what a philanthropist he is. You see how much he gives and how much. I mean, it's incredible, incredible. Um, everything is revolved around charity and 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 impacting lives and but but it's it's i i guess it's it's coming from a foundation of a solid business first the business is first first he it's treating your staff um in, in a way that they feel like you know part of you know part of something not just these paid robots to do your tasks for you right it's 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 about you know, making sure the clients are, are happy with the product and making sure everything. And that's where it all begins. And then the impact happens as a result of that, not the other way around. And I think that, that Richard Branson's like a great example of, of, I guess, what we've been talking about. Do you know who Richard Branson is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just just making sure, they, you know. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, first off, he is is yeah. Yeah. He, uh, is far more successful than we are. That's for certain. No, but I think I think right. I think it's like spot on, right? It's like how do you create the best product? How do you create the best service? And then let the the mission be uh, the authenticity that allows people to come back. Like I love that. It. I mean, ultimately, I think. And we were talking about this before, but like, I think really, really great brands help solve an identity problem for consumers. And maybe not necessarily a problem, but they add an additional layer onto that consumer uh, thinking of like, how, how do I live my life? How do my consumption choices help tell a story about me? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, honestly, is really smart and thoughtful brand development. How, how, like, how does a soapbox purchase reinforce an idea that she wants to have about herself? And right. then come, you know, make sure it comes true. Make sure that that, that promise is delivered. And thankfully we, we do all those things. So right. she's looking for a natural product that's affordable and that she feels good about buying for herself. Great. We can deliver on that. We can exceed those expectations after she tries it and she loves the fragrance and loves how the efficacy works on her skin. And she's like, oh, wow, that's really amazing. I'm genuinely impressed. 
And then the authenticity aspect and the mission aspect is, by the way, you have joined our movement. You have enabled and empowered someone around the world or down the street to live a healthier, cleaner lifestyle by giving them access to clean hygiene. And that, and that just builds upon the brand. That's the whole brand promise. She feels good not only about herself because she looks better and she feels better, but inside she now is reinforced that she is the person that she wants to be because she purchased our product. And that is the total, that's the total promise. That is the brand delivering upon every aspect that we wanted to offer her and then some. Hmm. And I think great brands, whether it's like Nike saying like, hey, you too can be athletic. You too can set ambitious goals in working out or running or cycling or playing a sport and you can be a champion. Just do it. Or it's Starbucks saying, you too can have this coffee experience and being a part of this coffee culture and we, you know, source our beans from here and you're going to experience this out of the country, out of this world, you know, sensorial mm -hmm. experience. And, and you get to walk around with this cup, this iconic cup that has this green logo that says something about you and says something mm -hmm. about your taste. Love it. Same thing with Apple, right? So like Apple has these headphones that uh, are white and distinctive. And when people see them, they think, they're probably listening to a really good song, <laughs> something that maybe is like, you know, fresh and, and new and hip and or like something. I, I always laugh when I say hip, like I have every authority hip. to say hip in the sense <laughs> of like I'm within the age range where I'm not like, uh -huh. <laughs> oh, man, that old man said hip. But I still just feel like an old man every time I say hip. I'm like, that's groovy. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, but that is that is there's great brands delivering on a promise that they've made to their consumers. And I think, you know. That's that's it. Simple as that, guys. Simple as that. David, how do my listeners uh, get in touch with you? How do they follow your your journey? So I'd, I'd say first and foremost, thank you for anyone who has, has listened to our story and and you know shared along this experience that you and I have had. Uh, and honestly, this has been like. I'm, I'm still beyond flattered <laughs> about the rap, the intro rap. I think one of the funniest things Thank you. Uh, that, that I've ever heard uh, slash like I'm sincere about wanting to use that. That's amazing. Cool. Um, but I'd say for anyone who wants to join our mission, who wants to experience our amazing products, please put in brain picker. That's B R A I N P I C K E R to get, 10% off your first purchase on SoapboxSoaps.com. So it's S-O-A-P-B-O-X-S-O-A-P-S.com. Uh, and once again, that's Brain Picker. No caps, no underscores, no special <laughs> symbols Just brain uh, or emojis. Yeah, but Sweet. we'd love to have you come and join the community, uh, especially at a discount for, for giving us a try. That's awesome. Uh, but then also sign up for our newsletter, follow us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, we love sharing our story and the new partners that we get to work with and the, and the amazing partners that we continue to serve. So would absolutely love for you to come join us. It just means that we're able to give more soap. You're going to be able to look better and feel better and also not have to worry about those nasty toxins that you might currently be using with other products. Love it. But thanks for asking, Daniel. Yeah, that's amazing. For sure. Cool. And all those links and also the links to the resources that we mentioned in the show, you can find them at danielgeffen.com forward slash one three 
one. David, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain.